MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's always football season here at VSIN, which is why we've just released our NFL betting guide, our NFL betting guide to help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with in depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19. Get your newly released NFL betting guide or take advantage of our summer kickoff special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $175. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. This was a fun week on the network, Wyatt. Uh, got to talk football each and every hour. Um, we look forward to August where it's nonstop football and then, needless to say, beyond that this year, nonstop football. But it was nice to have an early uh, start on things with with the betting guide you, you released know, as, yesterday. As I've learned with this job and you know previous years, is that you can't go wrong with football. Can't every you can talk it uh, 365 days a year. It's it's one of the the rare unicorns in sports. I used to say when I did the podcast back in the day, like years, like six, seven, eight years ago, when there wasn't very much out there. I, I could do the, let's say I did the greatest baseball podcast episode that ever exists on God's green earth. Let's say that, that, that I did that, which I didn't, but let's say that I did. There's a ceiling for the listeners, right? But if you whisper the word football, it's like explosion. And that really is, that's just, just the reality of it. By the way, we get tweets at beating the book and everybody, J-Rod on the job, but multiple people here letting me know uh, that uh, BetMGM outside of Nevada and uh, Advocate advocate conflict they've put out their uh they've put out their uh, q2s and kudermatova five to one five to one i hate all you people because you're gonna get a better number than i am good for you that's a bet to me q2 at wimbledon on the lady side chris valika joins us he's the bear he's from fox sports in the spirit of football week and the nfl that is specifically pro football week he's got a bunch of season longs how you doing chris I'm good, and I'm, I'm looking at that. I mean, she does have to deal with Donna Vekic and Caroline Garcia in that quarter. So yeah, I, I think, that's, that, that, that's a difficult quarter, I think. I think Q3 and Q4 are way more difficult than that, though. Look at Q3 and Q4. My God, everybody's in there. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. But but you look at that, the uh, the, the quarter there. Like if she, I know Drew said he had gotten a good price the other day on um, Petra Kvitova. Like, like, if you look at that, that's kind of the quarter you want to be in, though, because you got Rabakana. You don't know how well uh, she's going to be coming back from, from her health issues. And only Jabor, who is just lost right now. So you, you've you've got a chance in that quarter with two two higher seeded players 
that uh, probably aren't going to be in top four. Well, I do have Kvitova in Q3 as well, right? Q2, Kudermatova, Q3, Kvitova. Because I, I got, I mean, Kvitova to me is the one to watch. If if Iga doesn't win it, I really think Kvitova is the is the next up, not Sabalenka or Rubakin on that. Let's talk right. about your let's talk Agreed. about your football plays, man. Yeah, let's go. With, let's. Yeah, no, I, I, I did a little um, a little guest. Uh, my one of my former colleagues is now running uh, for Football Network, and they did a little season awards type uh, roundtable. So we we kicked around some. Some, some potential winners for some of these uh, season-long NFL awards. And uh, I'm, I'm sure everybody is going to agree with all these because look, some of these, are, <laughs> some, some of these, and you know this when you're making future wagers, yeah, you want to win, but you're also looking for a, a price that you may be getting the best of the number right now and put yourself in a position to be able to play a shorter shot later, later on in the season. So like the, the biggest story of the offseason was Aaron Rodgers. And if you look at the Jets' schedule with the way it starts, Buffalo, Dallas, New England, Kansas City, like if they happen to win a couple of those games and then the end of the season comes when the schedule lightens up, like you know what the narrative is going to be. I mean, I mean they, they won seven games last year with some of the worst quarterback play in the league from Zach Wilson and then Mike White when he had to play and they were in the playoff race. So uh, if the Jets are in this, I, I, I'd want to – I'd want to have an Aaron Rodgers ticket at 16 to 1 because he will be the reason why they are in it um, if, they, uh, if, if indeed they are. So I, I thought, uh, again, it, it's probably going to be a popular pick and, and, and whatever else. 16 to 1 on Aaron Rodgers. If, if you think the Jets are going to be good, it's a bet you have to make now because of the way the schedule shakes out. But if they win a couple of those games early, that price is going to be long gone. All right, let's talk about NFL Offensive Player of the Year. This is from the Associated Press. Justin Jefferson won it last year. The year before, it was Cooper Cup. year before that, Derrick Henry. Michael Thomas before that. It's sort of a, I don't want to say a depository for non-quarterbacks, but it kind of <laughs> is, right? Yeah. What do you like there? Yeah, and, and, and I went with Debo Samuel at 40 to 1 was a price. Like, like his injury was cut, <clears throat> excuse me, his season was cut short last year uh, by injury. And now with the 49ers having the, the quarterback, I guess, I don't want to say concerns, but doubts, questions as to the health of Brock Purdy and uh, Sam Darnold coming in there. And who knows? It looks like <clears throat> Trey Lance might be the uh, the odd man out, at least there on the rotation to start. Like look, two years ago, this guy had over seven, nearly 1,800 combined y- yards rushing and receiving, 14 touchdowns. He's going to continue to see the ball in a variety of ways, whether it's short passes, um, Jet sweeps, whatever else reverses, but like he's going to be, he along with Christian McCaffrey, going to be a big reason why uh, the, the 49ers succeed early in the year if the quarterbacks don't necessarily pan out early on. Uh, they give those guys time to, to get into the season. But I thought Debo was worth a uh, a flyer in terms of the price. All right, defensive player of the year. You also took a 40 to one shot. Roquan in his first season and first full season, I should say, in Baltimore. Yeah, and, and I think we saw this. Uh, in, in the uh, MVP voting in the NBA this year, there were just people that didn't want to vote for Nikola Jokic, and they didn't. I think you might get a little bit of voter fatigue. I think with, with Dick Bosa, um, which which is right or wrong, who I don't think I should say I don't think it's right, but I think we're talking we're dealing with human human beings here. So I, I think with with Bosa winning it last year, and Micah Parsons do what he did last year, uh, maybe he can, and if he does, he'll probably win. I mean, you, you look at Smith, who's going to be doing just about everything for a team that's known for its defense. They made a bunch of offseason acquisitions as well. 
but they're going to be in playoff contention. So again, I thought just a, a flyer 40 to one was worth. All right. Offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year. You went short shot and long shot for each offense, short shot, Bryce young five to one. And tell mm-hmm. us who your long shot was. It, it, Quentin Johnston from uh, <clears throat> the wide receiver from TCU is now with the chargers. I mean, he fell into a great spot uh, with it, with, with LA. Like he's got one of the best quarterbacks in the league in, in Justin Herbert. And you look at the other wide receivers on that roster with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, this guy can't stay on the field on a consistent basis. So, I mean, we saw this guy make huge play after huge play at TCU. Just go back and watch the college football playoff semifinal game and, and what he did <laughs> to, to the Michigan defense. Like, he's going to get plenty of looks. And, and, and again, I think if wide receiver wins this award again this year, like Garrett Wilson did a year ago, I think Quentin Johnson's someone to, uh, that, uh, that I'd want to have a ticket on. And Bryce Young, you just you believe. Yeah, I, I believe he, he's the most pro, pro-ready quarterback. His ability to process uh, and read defenses and see things that are going on and deliver the ball uh, split seconds before he needs to. That's what he did at Alabama. I would expect him to do the same here. And and the, one of the best things he's got going for him right now, there's no doubt, he's playing. He is the starter. He's going to get the snaps. There's no number two. They are committed to Bryce Young. And that's going to allow him to put up some good numbers. In. All right. Defensive defensive rookie of the year is always a little tougher to uh, sort of nail down, but you, you've got a short shot and a long shot. Jalen Carter of the Eagles is your short shot at plus seven fifty, And then Noel Sewell of the, uh, of the bears is your long shot at 75 to one. Why on both? Well, I, I think with, with Carter, he was the best player in the draft, in my opinion. And he fell into an unbelievable situation with, with a bunch of former Georgia teammates around him that he knows and likes, and they can help him make the transition from college to pro. And, and, and I think he's got to have, like I said, a great locker room, a great coaching staff, a great environment. And I just think that's bad news for the rest of the NFC to get the, the best defensive player in the draft uh, where they got him. So I, I like Carter. And then if you're looking again, looking for a flyer, I, I thought Noah Sewell was someone maybe to, to take a look at. That Bears defense was terrible. But I, I think if you look at Sewell, the production he had at Oregon – Look at before last year. Like they, had, they had some coaching changes last year uh, at Oregon on the defensive side of the ball, so his production fell a little bit. But he got a good opportunity early in this year to uh, to get some looks at OTAs with, with Jack Sanborn being hurt. I really like Sewell as a potential disruptor. And he had 75 to 1, it's a dart throw, but uh, a couple of bucks on him. If the Bears are improved, like a lot of people think, they could be. I think Sewell will have a good year. All right, this is awesome. 45 seconds. <laughs> Coach of the year, state your case, and for whom? Uh, Dennis Allen for the Saints. Again, this is a team that I think a lot of people are picking to win that division, which is one of the worst in the league. I mean, bad division, new quarterback, defense that played well at the end of the year. Uh, you look at some of the losses that they had a year ago, four by four points or fewer, and, and you had that incomprehensible loss uh, at Tampa Bay. So, so you look. Oh. I mean, there was certainly a chance at a better record. Early part of the schedule is very manageable. They could be sitting four and two, five and one. And again, it's much like the case with Aaron Rodgers. If they beat those good teams at the start of the year, people are going to take notice. If the Saints have a great start, 25 to one is going to be long gone if they potentially win that division. Dennis Allen, 25 to one for coach of the year for Felica. He's also a DeMar Hamlin guy. It should be pointed out for comeback player of the year. Yeah, who, who is it? Who is it? Even laying $5 on it, by the way. Chris, thank you. Appreciate it as always. Lay the seven tomorrow with Birmingham in the USFL championship game. Lay the seven with Birmingham in the USFL. There you go. He's a USFL expert. Fezzik next numbers game.
numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Attention, BetMGM customers have a friend who loves sports as much as you do. Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when you sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program, or specifically when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account, click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, you'll both receive a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. One of the nice things about doing this show from the South Point is that uh, great people, great sports bettors should just roll on in. We can just have some time together. Steve Fezzik joins us doing just that in studio. The only back-to-back champion ever in the Super Contest's illustrious history back when it was the Hilton back in the day. How you doing, Steve? I'm good. You know, I live in Henderson, so it's perfect. The South Point yeah. is on my way in, so uh, it's oftentimes my first stop when I'm heading to the Strip, and late at night will be my last stop heading home. When you're making your bets or exactly. when you're doing your thing. Yes. By the way, you look spectacular. You've lost even more weight. Are you coloring your hair? What are you doing? Um. Yeah, my... My stylist does that. I thank my wife for that. And thank Todd Wishnev for the fitness. Todd and I had a bet well-documented about a year ago. I was at 240, so uh, lifestyle change. So I'm below 200 now, and knock on wood, keeping it going. He's responsible for me losing 15 bets, not as uh, much as you guys, but yes. 15 bets? Pounds. Oh, good. 15 pounds, yes. Todd wins bets. Yes, he does. He does which we've uh, pointed out on this show before. Okay, so we have tons to talk about. I don't know if we're going to get to it all, mm-hmm. but I love talking to you. We'll get to your five best bets that exist right now for the NFL at DraftKings. But first, I want to talk about more macro stuff. I've talked about this with Elihu Foistel on this show before, but I want to give you a chance because every time Borchard is on, you always, you're very complimentary of him. You're like, he's a super smart guy. Um, but then he gives a parlay at the end and it drives you crazy. But there are certain, certain times where parlays you believe are correct to do or justified. When yes. And that Elihu, one of the top 10 greatest sports betting minds. I'm going to go top one or two. There's always some people we don't know about. That's true. So I like to be conservative. Okay, but I, I, I yeah. have no problem with you yeah. putting him top three. So when do we parlay? Like I'm a big anti-parlay guy, but it's really not true. I parlay all the time. So there's three key reasons to parlay. Number one, correlations. Nothing is better than getting a nice correlation between two events and being paid like they're not correlated. So you have to be careful when you play things like same-game parlays that are correlated because if you stack players, uh, like a quarterback over to a wide receiver over, you're not going to get the true payout. But if you can find something that is a little bit of a hidden correlation, example, MLB, big road favorite, parlay them to the over. It has everything you want in a correlation. You like that favorite of the over? You like the fact that if the visitor wins, you're going to get the full nine innings. You're going to get the bottom of the ninth in every time. Exactly. That's right. So let me just let me go back just to clarify for those who are newer to better who, who might have missed it. What Steve was referring to is same game parlays that are packaged by sports books. You are not getting the true bang for your buck. You're not getting true odds. Those are packaged in a way. What he is talking about is stuff that exists out there that is in truth correlated and you will get the true odds for. It's just that. They sort of fly under the radar, if you will. Exactly. Another example is a nor'easter is blowing 
up the coast, and maybe it's going to hit, maybe it's not, and you've got a lot of locations in football games that are really close together, and you say, you know, I'm going to stack like three college football games that are all going on at similar venues close together. I'll play all three under and hope that that storm front moves three through, affecting each and every game, and they're obviously correlated. A couple other reasons to play parlays. Yeah, so to circumvent limits. So sometimes places deal very low limits. You see, oh, my God, a bet is too good to be true. I will give the poster child of this. So I'm aware of this gentleman. He did not work directly with me, full disclosure. He walks into the Hard Rock, which used to be an independent book, and LSU college football was catching 35 points against Louisiana Monroe. Not laying, catching. Catching, wow. Catching plus 35. He proceeded to bet parlay LSU plus 35, a good bet, I might add, to the entire board, $90 a pop, 100 times. Made bet $9,000 on LSU plus 35, came back two days later, was immediately barred from playing. They screamed at me. He said, why are you so mad at me? They won by 40. The spread didn't matter. Plus, minus, whatever. Yeah, but he circumvented the limit that had been established had he bet it just straight that way. Exactly right. Okay. So, and now now this, I'm sort of I'm laughing inside already because I know I think I know where the third reason is because it's a Steve Fezzik special. Would you like to? Sure. sure, sure. So yeah. um, you, you parlay stuff when you can get a number that a point spread that is not available, is not widely available, and usually that occurs with half-point parlay cards or ties-win parlay cards where uh, spread moves, Northwestern's playing Illinois, the line's 21, Illinois' quarterback goes out, and the line goes down to 18. You can still play Northwestern plus 21 and a half on the parlay card. Gimme, gimme, gimme. All you can get, yes. provided, you know, yeah. you can get away with it. I was going to say, this is where I have to make the disclaimer. I hope you'll appreciate it. This has gotten Steve, uh, well, banned before from certain sports books, maybe even the one that we're sitting in. And, you know, I'm going to give credit to Joe Lupo, former um, director of the Stardust. 1996, Joe was the first person to request that I not play those anymore. Okay. And in fact, he said to me, Steve, um, you can't play here the rest of the year. Yeah, the rest of the year, arbitrarily. That's the first time I ever got <laughs> back to the, the rest of the year. Now, this was in September. I interpreted that to be December 31st. You know, that was my own interpretation. You went calendar year. So January 1st, yeah, yeah, I was back at El Dorado <laughs> and all the coast properties. Let me, let me just ask you a personal question. It's just me and you, Steve. No one's listening here. It's just me and no. you. You are you are the nicest guy in the world. On Twitter, you would even admit you're a little uh, you're a little different. You're right. You, Helmuthish. You're, you're like yeah. Charles Oakley out there, right? You, Jeff Benson... You you know, you guys, you guys <laughs> are Jeff nicest Benson people, so nicest people in real in real life. Get a little ornery on Twitter. So when when people say that to you, when a sports book says that to you, and they're like, "Steve, listen, calendar year or forever, uh, you can't bet this anymore." What what inside you boils where you're like, "I must exploit every living edge that's out there, no matter what this human being tells me." To be fair, with the Joe Lupo situation, I think Joe had properly expressed that I was to me that I was pushing the envelope. Yes. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll take the blame for that one. Okay. So that was, okay. yeah. And I, I, and I was, and I think I was playing excessively. You know, remember back so then what I read into that is that you, if you feel disrespected, you will continue. If you feel respected, you will not. Is that correct? Is um, no, just if I feel I was properly told communicated or, or made to. or communicated that I, that we were at a point where I was, could I you was, possibly be misinterpreting at times that you, you are the one where the communication breakdown exists? Oh, of 
course. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. Just I was not a communications major <laughs> okay. in school. I'm, a, I'm like a left brain math geek that can barely <laughs> formulate a sentence. That's why I became an actuary. Uh, and and a, a great one I would imagine you were, because you are, by the way, I don't even say Foistel is one of the great minds, but you are as well. People should know that about you, that you are truly one of the great mathematical uh, sports betting minds, and you know how to exploit stuff in a way that mere mortals do not. Let me talk about one other thing that's going on here. So that's that's the parlay dissertation. But we're right here. July is about to happen tomorrow. Uh, people are betting MLB sides. They're betting MLB totals. Why do you view that as a uh, as a fool's errand? I'm not going to say it's a hundred percent fool's errand. That's a little strong, but it is not efficient to try to make a lot of money in July because the very efficiency of the market, I would argue, is really as tough as it's going to be. So think about it. There's no NBA going on. I know the content providers are having a good old time telling you who's going to win the NBA, but there's nothing to bet on other than the futures markets and the um, NFL real quiet. All the players are off for a couple of weeks. No one is betting any of the major sports. I, we're betting women's tennis. I get that, mm-hmm. but the limits are low. So the odds makers, the attention, the only thing with big limits is baseball. So because of that, it's very rare come the day of the game that you're going to be able to find a really good bet. And there's a reason that when you had John Legacy, boy, I wish he brought a little more energy to the show. <laughs> um, but when he comes on and all of a sudden he's betting division bets and he's betting first fives and stuff, you know, kudos to him. So he's like the stuff he's finding has got to be a little bit more niche, a little bit more derivatives than the bread and butter sides and totals on the day of the game. I will tell you, this is even this is not what you're necessarily talking about. But even when I was handicapping baseball every day for seasons, I remember right after the All-Star break specifically, the numbers would kind of go on the fritz anyway. They wouldn't work. And I, mm. we never could figure out if it was the way that they just came back out of the break. They just didn't. I don't know if guys weren't ready to play in the same way, but there was always that too, which has nothing to do with what you're talking about, but it's also just a layer to add. And not to mention, I mean, and, and you knew about this when you were, you're betting professionally on baseball, that um, the markets were low. You couldn't give it out to your clients. Texas was minus 120. You make Texas minus 160. That's right. And then you, you have to choose, do I give it out to my clients minus 144? And that's really a difficult decision. Your numbers still support it, but you know what? Now you're gambling. Now you're instead of just winning, betting Texas minus 120, now we're arguably advantage gaming minus 144, but the edge is small if it's there at all. Steve Fezzik, kind enough to join us in studio. He'll uh, join us for another segment. We'll get to his favorite uh, five bets that exist right now in the NFL and whatever else we can get to, including, I don't know, Sharp's unwillingness to listen to other Sharps. Perhaps, perhaps we'll have time for that. Whatever we don't have time for, he'll be back. Best Bets from Steve Fezzik, next. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Hour number two of a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Gil Alexander, Wyatt Tom, check in for Kelly Bidlin. Kelly will be back on Monday, everybody. Is that true? Is that correct? That is correct. I texted him yesterday. Okay. You know, see if he wanted to come on, do a little NBA. Yeah. He didn't text me back for like 12 hours. I was like, dang, he really, really <laughs> goes to me. He goes, I'm so sorry. I just saw your text. I was in a poker tournament. He's in a poker tournament? Good yeah. for him. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Enjoy your time. Our guest, who is uh, who's kind enough to stick around for another segment here in studio, usually on with uh, Patrick and Dustin in a mall in the afternoons. Patrick's taking all of July, uh, I think, off. So you're 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 a free agent in the month of July. So I, I get to benefit from that. And yes. you hang out with us here for a couple segments. Steve Fezzik, you ran into Kelly, right, randomly? 
Yes, randomly his first night of vacation with two of his friends right here at the South Point, like 1 a.m. <laughs> I am. Um, I can't forecast how his entire vacation is going, but based upon what I saw, he's having the time of his life, and maybe he'll show up a little late. Good for him. Day one back. Good he, for Kelly. He deserves it. All right, we got a lot to get to. Let's start with the plays, because people are going to be, if that's the one thing we, we forget to get to, people are going to get upset about. So five plays that exist right now that are bettable and and sort of give us the the overview of, is, are there certain times of year you're looking at more than others? Yes. So when I look at games of the year, I kind of go reverse chronological to find the softest numbers because everyone else goes chronological. You don't want to tie up all your money. So you start betting. Let me look at week two, week three, week four. And I go oppo. Let me go week 18, 17, 16. If I'm getting to it after about a month, because the efficiency back to that efficiency, uh, week one NFL, most efficient lines you'll ever see. Week three, now they're starting to get a little more efficient. People bet into them, but you get, you get deep into the season, like week 15, you get into December. A lot of those lines, almost virgin lines, that a lot of people haven't touched, and those are the ones that have the softest numbers. And you're all about it. You have no issue holding your money or for the opportunity cost of that money being out there for that period of time. There are going to be some, inevitably, who listen to this, you know, who are like, oh, I don't want to keep my money out there. But your whole thing is, if I think I'm getting, if I, if I think slash know that I'm going to get the best of it, you're good with it. Exactly. And, and frankly, I, there are pros that have like, millions of dollars invested in bond funds and CDs. And I'm like, you know, you're, you're earning two and a half percent over a 12 month period. You know, you should probably be able to do a little better in this ultra soft market, just investing your money for five months. All right. So yes. let's get to it. What you got? Let's do it. December 10th. Fast forward to December, Baltimore at home against the Rams laying six. I make this game eight. I love this bet. I think Baltimore is a team that the pros absolutely are on. As long as Lamar Jackson stays healthy, uh, Baltimore is a serious contender, not just to win, to make the playoffs, but to win the Super Bowl. And the Rams, whole new defense, um, an offense that is extremely fragile if uh, Cooper Cup gets injured, if uh, Stafford gets injured. So uh, Baltimore minus six first bet. Minus six, December 10th. And that would be week, I just want to get the week number for everybody. That's week 14. Week 14 in the National Football League, Baltimore, minus six versus the Rams. Number two, sir. Let's go to week 15. Uh, the L.A. is at Las Vegas. So we are getting Herbert and company catching plus one and a half in no universe and no situation. Now, I get it. I know why DraftKings made the Raiders a favorite. Thursday team, home team has the advantage. Don't care. The uh, Chargers are so much better than the Raiders this year. This is just a bad line, plus one and a half, outstanding value. This would be my best bet of the five. That's Thursday night game. That's your best bet of the five. Thursday night football, December 14th, week number 15. That's your best bet of the five. Number number three, sir. Number three, let's go to December 17th. Uh, New Orleans Saints are minus 125, hosting the New York Giants. By the way, uh, I do compare the spread to the money line. I love the DraftKings. gives me the option to play either one of them. It's better in this case to lay the 125. Uh, common theme here, Saints are not just better. They're significantly better than the Giants, and they have a good home field advantage. Minus 125 is way too cheap. Really good bet. All right, that's also week 15, but that's the Sunday of week 15. Number four. Let's stay and this, on the same Sunday. Same theme, Detroit Lions. They're better than the Denver Broncos. Again, two teams that are good at home. So I like the home team. I get the better team. I make it minus 3.25, meaning should either be minus three or minus three and a half. I'm only laying two. Detroit Lions minus two. Detroit 
against the Broncos at home, laying two, pick number four, and pick number five. Number five, and we'll go uh, same week, Atlanta Falcons. A lot of people very high on the Falcons. Uh, I'm too, a little too many high on them. I'm a little way. skeptical yeah. as well. I think it's a bridge too far, but I tell you this. Maybe Atlanta's not going to make the playoffs. Maybe they're not going to win the division, but they're better than the Indianapolis Colts. They're significantly better, and they'll have a pretty good home field advantage if they have a decent year. So Atlanta minus 130. I, again, make this line minus 3.25. If I can get a team that should be north of minus 3, laying a dollar twenty-five, that's a bargain. So I'm on Atlanta. Wait, what's the date on that game? That is, I believe it's 12-17. I may have missed no, it. It might be 12-24. I yeah, apologize. I think it's 12-24 for that one because they're not playing the uh, Colts that week. Me bad. Check. Yes, 20, bad. 24th. Yes, Christmas Eve morning, if you will, the 24th on a Sunday. Uh, Falcons minus 130 hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Well, I didn't I didn't know that we would have December football bets today, but it is football week, and there you go. Here we are. Bold prediction. It. Bet these now. By July 4th, none of these numbers will exist. Oh, which brings up a great Fezzikism, if you will. One of your favorite exercises that people should do for the football season, they should write down. We do guessing lines every Monday, but this is your version of it. Yes, and that's actually, I'm taking this from my friend, Leon, who goes by the eight of clubs because it's the most non-distinct card in the deck. He likes to stay under the radar, and I just disclosed his name. You know, O's the mentalist guess that I picked the eight of clubs. What, didn't I have the eight of clubs that day when he was in here? Yes, you did. Yes, oh, and I, he guessed I know the video. It. I can't remember. You got it right. Oh, isn't that interesting? Because that's a fly under the me. I'd be the six of diamonds. But <laughs> he, he's the eight of clubs. I'm sorry I gave away your name, Leon. Um, <laughs> but he's he loves this. Take right, very important. During the July 4th vacation, take the NFL sides and totals, week one. Write down every single side, every single total. Lock it, put it in an envelope, lock it in a drawer. Don't do any work between betting the NFL until one hour before kickoff. Open up that drawer, open up that envelope, boom. Take a look at what the numbers were. Look at whatever moved the most. All right? So if a total moved from 43 to 46, you're going opposite. You're going under 46. You're going to fade the, the line move because oh. it's a bridge too far. So I misspoke. I, this is not about your opinion. This is about what those lines are today, side in total, then what they are right before the week one games, and then fade the move. Yes, and when Kenny White was making all the odds, Kenny, very respected bookmaker here in Vegas, I used to say, I love having Kenny. Who you got week one? And I'm like, I got Kenny White plus four if a line moved four points. <laughs> Kenny White plus four. Okay, um, let's get to another thing because I, I teased this earlier. This is a great topic. Sharp's unwillingness to listen to other Sharps. I know you love this as well. Yeah, and you know what? This is like self-advice, self-improvement for myself because I certainly fall into this bucket. But we all need to improve more. Now, it's easy for someone who's a novice to learn from an expert. But the experts oftentimes have great difficulty learning from other experts. So what happens is so often we get involved in debates. How Should we play big money line parlays? Yes, no, how should we play them? And there's one faction that says never play it. Some faction says, oh, they're perfectly fine. Another faction says, no, just play them straight. And we wind up debating all that. But what happens oftentimes, we all walk away with our um, opinion before the conversation without being willing to alter our opinion and say, you know what, I can learn from that and I can get better from that. And I can't tell you how many times that um, where I've really improved as a better is going in with an open mind saying, you know what? Um, look at uh, NBA Tankapalooza. I was like a guy, you can't win playing into these big bid-ass spreads on NBA lines when they're like minus 1,200, plus 800. Nobody wins playing into those. And Gil Alexander, 
winner, 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 yeah. winner. It's like the market was wrong. The market thought these underdogs yeah. had a legit chance to win as 16-point underdogs, but they didn't because they didn't want to win. So, by the way, we're all raising our hands, right? This is not uh, this is not you're above this or I'm above this. This is this to me is a human nature thing. This goes beyond sports betting. I think generally, and I'll see if you believe if you agree with me on this. Generally, people, the way that brains are wired, right? People would rather be, I don't know if they'd rather be in the end if you gave them truth serum, but in the moment, they'd rather be wrong their way than right someone else's way. Exactly. And in the movie White Man Can't Jump, for instance, I think there's a famous line, you'd rather lose and look good than win and look bad. And that's the criticism that's given by Woody Harrelson. And, and I, I agree with a lot of that. Is a lot of people would rather do it their way. And it, maybe it's been successful in the past. than take a step back and say, you know what? This other fellow's better at this than I am. Um, I, I, live wagering, for instance, that's one of my specialties. I have a friend, Pastrami. He's one of the greatest live wagers in the world. Pastrami. And Pastrami, <laughs> um, by the way, Pastrami just got knocked out by Daniel Negreanu. He's a great poker player at a $10,000 buy. Uh, no I shame had, there. I had a piece of him. He, oh. He's like, but I had an open ender, straight flush. Um, <laughs> but the um, bottom line is that I've learned so much from him. And Pastrami has eclipsed me. He is a better live wager. And the fact that I recognize that, Makes me so much better. Okay, so isn't within that, I think we were glossing over a main point, which is that, you know, again, I used to bet baseball more than anything. Now I bet tennis more than anything. Your ability to realize when your edge is gone also, right? Exactly. NFL week one, what's my best bet, Gil? I've made like 14 best bets already. I don't like anything at the current. I don't think I can find a 53% bet Oh, I'd bet the Packers plus three against the Bears, but you know what? I can't get plus three anymore. You get where I'm going. Yes. Um, there's so much more. I don't even want to start some of these other topics because we'll get too far into it. We only have a minute left, but will you come back Monday? Oh, absolutely. Because I, I want to touch on a few topics, one of one of which is one of your favorites, which is why seven stars at Caesars is so good, and Steve will make a, an impassioned case about that because Bill Krakenberg came on here and he, and he slandered that opinion. Uh, about that, so you have because a he wasn't on his free cruise. He wasn't on his free cruise. That's right. Um, but I also also want to talk about what we should be looking for uh, in college football the first few weeks of the season. We won't give that away. We'll do that on Monday, and then the other one again a topic about pros and, and non pros. Why pros don't flat bet? Great topic. Why they don't flat bet? Which you hear a lot of people say. Oh yeah, I bet the same thing on everything. Mm. You have, you have something to say about that. Yeah, and we'll talk about it on Monday. But, yes, the you, you a true pro will spot a, oh, I can't believe this is too good to be true bet once a month. Yeah. And just keep betting it until he basically is out of money oh, and has to go get more I money. I love that. Love that. Atlanta Braves, anyone? Thank you, Steve. We'll talk Monday. Thank you, Gil. My man. Coming back, Wimbledon. Was that Cohen? MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.